This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Today is the last of our series called Ghost Stories. Going to finish it up today. Now somebody said, oh, everybody else is ready. That's good. It's all right. It's all right. How many of you have learned at least something through this series. Some of you, yeah, man. And so many of you have grown up in the Spirit-filled church. You know so much about it already. And, um, and it, it's amazing how when we dig into God's Word, He can always show us more. It's amazing how there can be a passage, maybe even a scripture that you've memorized, scripture, and all of a sudden you get fresh new revelation from the Lord, and it opens every... God's Word is active and alive, sharp and powerful. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we are going to conclude uh, ghost stories. Uh, so we've had four Sundays up till now. Week one, Holy Spirit is a person, right? Not a mystical force. Number two, he's always with us. He's a seal of our salvation. And number three, he's always present. Even we don't feel him. Even if we don't feel goosebumps, we still know that he's with us. Week two, we talked about the function of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Every believer that receives Christ does so because they responded to the draw of the Holy Spirit in their life. And secondly, the Holy Spirit equips the believer to fulfill their God-given purpose. Through the, through the fruit of the Spirit, through the gifts of the Spirit, and so on. Uh, week three, we talked about Pentecost. What does the word Pentecost mean? 50. 50. It means 50th. It came 50 days after Passover. What happened on the day of, Pas- day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2? We know the Holy Spirit came. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit, the, 100 and, uh, the 120. There were tongues of fire. They spoke in other languages. There was a baptism of the Holy Spirit. They led 3,000 people to Jesus, baptizing them in water and the Holy Spirit. And the last question I asked you was, can I experience Pentecost? And yes, Scripture is absolutely clear that you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit today. Week four, last week, um, Jesus said that when we are endued with power on high. Remember we talked about that? And he was talking about when we're filled with the Spirit, we're endued with this power from on high. And we talked about what that power was. That power is that Greek word dunamis. It doesn't just mean power. It means explosive power. And uh, it's the root word that we, where we get dynamite and dynamic. And so we see immediately part of that power. We see uh, Peter, who 54 days earlier had denied Christ, is now standing in front of a crowd of 3,000, basically accuses them of of killing the Messiah, and 3,000 received Christ right there in that moment. That's by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we went into the gifts of the Holy Spirit we talked about a bit last week, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, faith, healings, and then working of miracles. And guys, I told you that these gifts are available to all followers of Jesus who have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we talked about how the gifts are not ours, the gifts are the Holy Spirit's to use through us as he wills and as we are surrendered to him. And one of the things I mentioned last week was it's the exact same power that Jesus used while walking the earth. Jesus laid his deity down. Everything he did, he did by the Holy Spirit. Exactly the same Holy Spirit that's within you. That's why he said, you'll do the same works I did and greater. Because it's the same thing. You have the same Holy Spirit in you that Jesus had. So we have that same power. And just like Jesus would use the gifts of the Spirit to meet a need in somebody's life that would give God glory and open them to his message, it's the same thing that he has for us. And here's reality today. You guys know that the church in the United States is barely leading anybody to Christ today. Most church growth is from other churches. Isn't it true? Come on. Most people, most, most Christians, I, I believe today, most Christians have never led anybody to Christ. 
I know you have. <laughs> Evangelism is generally viewed as being something that is very hard, so no, almost nobody does it. And let me tell you what, it is hard without the Holy Spirit. We weren't meant to do it by ourselves and our own strength. You can't save anybody. You can't come up with eloquent enough words to save somebody. So if you're trying to bring people to Christ, if you're trying to evangelize without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Now, it doesn't mean God can't use it. And it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit can't use that moment. But it's going to be hard. Um, we talked about the woman at the well. Guys, that was just a casual interaction between Jesus and a woman that was standing there drawing water. And here we see that by the gifts of the Spirit, Jesus, as we said, read her mail. And we know that it went on. He, Jesus ended up staying there for a couple of days, and it turned a whole community upside down through a casual interaction at the watering hole. And people will say, well, well that was Jesus. No, it was a Holy Spirit-filled human being. I'm not saying he wasn't the Son of God. Absolutely. But he laid his deity down. It was the Holy Spirit in that moment that intervened in that Samaritan woman's, uh, that woman's life. Um, a couple of things I want to mention. Guys, allowing the Holy Spirit to move and flow in your life doesn't have to be weird and awkward. The first thing that comes when we're filled with the Holy Spirit should be love. That's the fruit of the Spirit within us. The fruit of the Spirit, I would argue, is the foundation for the gifts of the Spirit. If we don't see the fruit of the Spirit first, there's going to be problems. That's why I believe so many high-profile, Spirit-filled preachers have fallen from grace. Because they wanted to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, and whenever somebody yields theirself and there's hungry people, the Holy Spirit's going to take advantage of that moment. So there's a lot of people, preachers we know, that were in in serious sin for years and and they brought thousands to Jesus and people were baptized filled the Holy Spirit and all these things because the Holy Spirit used it that tells us it's not about a man it's not about the person right but they didn't have the foundation of the fruit of the Spirit in their lives and that caused everything to crumble so in turn sometimes they hurt people and ended up doing more harm than good that's why we have so many people that are disenfranchised with the church that were apart but are not anymore. From our surrender, the love should come forth and a righteous example should be the first thing that comes forth from us when we're ministering to someone. If your words say one thing and your actions another, it doesn't work real well. Ever been there with your kids? (laughs) If you say to your kids, do as I say, not as I do, you know they're not going to respect you right? You've got to live the difference. Live the example. Your words will mean nothing. You'll make no impact in people's lives because they won't won't respect your words. But when we choose to love and we choose to live the righteous life, these two things along with the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit will, as we see in the Bible, confirm what we speak. It'll confirm God's Word and that God is living and powerful and loving and a miracle-working God. So all that to say, at the end of four weeks, we should all be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's very simple. You just need to do away with all the, put everything out of your mind, all the things that you've been taught and learned that have held you back from that, and get into God's Word for yourself, see what it says, 
Remove all doubts and distractions. Position your heart in a place where you're saying, Lord, I truly want everything that you have for me. And then simply ask and receive by faith. And everybody's experience looks different when they receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Some people have this big overwhelming moment. Others, it's very quiet and peaceful. Some people, it's actually a process. Uh, some people have to remove a few things from their life before they're able to receive. Some stumbling blocks, some, some things that are standing in the way. So for the rest of this service, we're going to answer the questions submitted um, from last week in regards to the Holy Spirit. We're also going to hear testimonies of a few different people about their experience receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So are y'all ready for that? So I'm going to start, and I was just going to start by allowing Shauna just to share for a few minutes uh, her experience when she received the Holy Spirit and what happened there in that moment. I'll be not seated. You can stay seated. That's I'll stay. Fine. I'm going to try to talk seated. I don't know if I've done that. <laughs> um, all right, so you guys know we all have a different story of how we were filled um, with the Holy Spirit. And so um, really quick, because we got several people sharing today, some of you know... Um, I grew up, my dad was Catholic, my mom was Baptist, and they got married. And then they had these two children, myself and my brother, and um, their journey of following the Lord kind of evolved. And so um, they kind of hit this time in their life, well, we don't want our kids to have to choose. Are they going with mama or are they going with daddy? And so they compromised and they went to a Methodist church. And then we moved to the other side of town, and then we went to a Presbyterian church. And... Um, and then through that journey, my mom and dad um, began going to what we would call a Bible church. Um, and so for me, that was probably um, sixth or seventh grade. And I remember at that time, my mom um, actually um, was a part of Women's Aglow. I don't know, anybody here have a clue? Okay, yep, some of the, some of the older folks um, know what that is. And so it was an organization. I'm not um, talking about Glow, the I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about, no, no okay. the women wrestlers. No, this, was, this is a, um, who remembers that? Yeah, okay, maybe a few more hands. I remember that too. Um, but yeah, so it was a basically, I don't really know what it was. I would just say an organized event or if it was just a, um, <laughs> or the event we went to. And so I don't know if it was a mother-daughter event or if it was just a women's event. But um, I remember it being at a hotel. And I remember we were in a conference room that was probably just, if you went or put a wall right here, it's probably that size. And, um, and I just remember in that moment, um, they taught about the Holy Spirit. And that was the first time I'd ever um, heard a message on the Holy Spirit, uh, had any understanding of the Holy Spirit. And so at the end of that message, they just asked, you know, who here would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And so in middle school, um, in that moment, I raised my hand. And I remember we kind of got in a circle and um, several women just came around and they just laid hands on me. And um, I was immediately filled. And I also, along with the infilling, um, had got my prayer language um, that we've talked a little bit about um, over the past couple weeks. And so um, that was it. Now, what I will tell you is from that moment forward, my prayer life was much more powerful. Um, I remember um, as a kid um, in my room just praying and that God would give me words for people in our church, for adults and for teenagers, and I would just pray those things. And I really believe that that was because of that infilling of the Holy Spirit. He was making things known. And, and that's kind of some of what you are talking about last week as far as the gifts of the Spirit um, that were operating because of the infilling of the Spirit. That's my story. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So... Um, you ready to get to a few questions? Number one, um, 
given everything that's been said over the last few weeks, when we pray, do we simply address our prayers to God the Father? Or in cases, is it okay to address our prayers to the Holy Spirit or Jesus? Even though, of course, all three parts hear our prayer. So who do we pray to? The Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit? We see in Bible, and we see in the Bible, we see Jesus always pray to the Father. Now, granted, it would probably been weird if he'd prayed to himself. Be a little, talk about a little awkward and weird. Um, but um, he, we see him always praying to the Father in that. And he teaches when the disciples ask, how do I pray? Um, he said that. Now, I, I wouldn't get legalistic in it because I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, thank you, Jesus, for the price that you paid and, and talking to him in that manner. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom and, and praying in that way. Um, but in general, our general prayers, I think biblically we can prove, are addressed to the Father. So what else do you guys have? I have a verse. Do you have a, mic- have a microphone. Well, let's get you on. Yes. Testing. Go Tigers. I actually meant to say that. He had to get it in. I, I was going to say something totally out of character to begin this and say, what about them Tigers? But I, yeah, never mind. Had to do it. Uh, I found the verse, Acts 7, verse 59, where they were stoning him. Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. When he said this, he fell asleep. So uh, I don't believe they're in competition. Right. I believe uh, if you have time to pray, you should pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, like they were saying that's the way it's modeled, uh, the the Lord's prayers that way. And Jesus said, uh, you will ask the Father in my name and you'll receive. So that's the main way. Sometimes you don't have time. I know uh, Ella and I were on expressway one time, and there was a car that was flipping, and it was past the point of no return, and our prayer was Jesus. We just shouted Jesus, and that car goes bang back down. So I I think it... uh, don't make too big a deal, you know. They're 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 not offended at each other. They're they're one. They're not keeping a not keeping a tally of who's got the most prayers. Right. <laughs> you have anything? Okay. Hopefully that answers that question. Um, secondly, would it be possible to explain the difference between manifestation gifts in First Corinthians twelve and the grace gifts located in Romans twelve? Um, yeah, we can go into that for just a moment. If I don't know if you want to jump in there. We had talked about it a little bit. Romans 12 is more talking about um, the, the callings. Let me see. It's actually in Romans 12. Let me read it. Or, actually, or, if you're already turned to it, yeah. Yeah, I've great. got Romans 12, verse 3. Uh, For I say through the grace given to me, and this is Paul speaking, to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Having then gifts differing 
according to the grace that is given to us. Let's use them if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry. Let us use it in our ministering or he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So Paul is talking about uh, offices or callings. Every single person in the body of Christ has a calling. Sometimes we just think it's the uh, what we call the five-fold gifting or ascension gifts, uh, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Um, and it's not true. Everyone has calling. And everyone fits into these. You'll see seven listed here. And you put it with the other five in Ephesians chapter 4. It's 12. So everyone fits within these. When it talks about prophecy here, it's not the office of a prophet. It means we can all prophesy, but there are those that God has bent that way, that they have an encouraging word. It's where edification and comfort and uh, every prophet started as a person who just prophesied. It's same for um, uh, exhortation when it talks about being an exhorter. It means an encourager with a bent towards evangelism. Every evangelist started first in, in this place. It doesn't mean that you will be, but there's people who have a bent towards winning the lost, and uh, it's just real easy for them. So you see these, and you got teacher, you got uh, ministry, yeah, ministry is servants. It'd be like your ushers, your greeters, your cleaning team, all those that serve, that's ministry. And uh, then when uh, giving, uh, giving is a God-given ability that God gives to people to make large sums of money to pour into the kingdom. Some people are better at making money than you are. Or than I am. Than I am. <laughs> and uh, those people, God has a calling on them to make a lot of money to fund the church, to fund uh, evangelists and the needs of the body of Christ. And then it talks about mercy, and that's just showing the compassion of Jesus uh, having a heart for those that are hurting. Uh, Jesus talked about those that would come into prison. It's kind of like that. It's just a, a merciful, merciful heart that's able to take the hurts of people and, and release joy to them and hope, bring hope to them. So the grace gifts yeah. are more callings. Yeah. Um, and then the manifestational gifts are the gifts that everyone uses by the Holy Spirit. Yes, yep. uh, the manifestation is talking about the uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit right. there. And everyone has, uh, the gifts are available to everyone in the body of Christ. And manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit are given to all to profit all. So that's good news. Yep, yes. Amen? Yep. That means God uses all of us. We're all in this thing together. We're all on the same team. We're all one body. We're all uh, uh, together, and no one is 
we shouldn't get jealous of each other. That's mm -hmm. because somebody else has a different calling. You got your own. And when you stand before the Lord, he's going to say, how did you do according to your calling, to your purpose? Yep. So no jealousy. Right. No superiority either. Because it's a grace gift. You didn't have anything to do with it. That's where... And I'll stop. Well, that's when <laughs> preachers and, and your evangelists and your prophets all get in trouble is when they start thinking it's not a grace gift. They think it's them. Hmm. That's good. And they're destined for a fall because yeah. pride comes. I'll, I'll add to that real quickly. Um, in, as I was talking about the reading about Stephen this morning, um, what was Stephen, what was his role? What was he doing? Feeding the hungry. Feeding the widows. widows. He, was in, he was put in charge of the feeding program. That's what he was doing. It also says that he did signs and wonders and miracles. Yes. So we see somebody, their grace gift, his gift was to administrate the dis distribution of food to the poor and the, and the widows. That was what he was there to do. He was also preaching probably to them, so the people he encountered, and he was also praying for the sick and seeing them recover and all these different things. So, and, and he was not one of the apostles. Some people think only the apostles were able to use the gifts of the Spirit. He wasn't an apostle. He was the feeding program guy, but he flowed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord used him in different ways. The feeding program would have been, that would have been the gift, that would have been that mercy, that compassion that the apostles recognized in him and put him over that, and then the gifts of the Holy Spirit he used in the process of doing that. Kind of cool, huh? Next, Mr. Robert, one of our elders, Mr. Robert Montgomery is going to come up. Y'all give Mr. Robert a hand. And he's got a pretty cool story of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, so my background kind of comes out of a Baptist background. My, um, you know, I went to church every Sunday. I tell everybody I didn't do drugs or alcohol. The only drug problem I have is my mama dragging me to church every Sunday, right? <laughs> so, but... Of course, I'm reading the Bible as I'm getting older in, in high school and even when I'm going to college, and I'm reading about signs and wonders. And if God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, which he still is, then, then why am I not seeing God heal people, multitudes getting saved, and, and people being uh, demons cast out and all this fun stuff, right? And so I begin to ask God, and I say, God, if this is for me today, then I want it. The only problem is I didn't know anybody around <laughs> me that was actually involved in all that and so I just began praying and seeking God and and I ended up with a group of six people and we ended up going down to Brownsville Assembly of God down in Pensacola Florida okay how many of y'all ever heard of Brownsville Assembly of God all right Father's Day outpouring in 1995 right isn't that ironic it happened on Father's Day because he's a good good father and just poured the Holy Spirit out all on those guys well, we started hearing stories about that, and, and me and my friends went down. None of us had been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And uh, so we make a trip to Pensacola, October 8th, 1998. And I'm there that night, walk in, there's about, I don't know, 2,000 people in the place. And the best way I can describe it is like an SEC football game for Jesus. Okay? People jumping up and down, hollering, screaming during worship, and the whole place is, you know, just shaking. And I'm looking around just taking all this in, and I've never seen anything like this in my life. And, and uh, Steve Hill gets up to preach, who was, uh, 
the evangelist there, and he got up and he said, I'm not even going to preach tonight. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> I just came all the way from Olive Branch, eight-hour drive to Pensacola, and you're not even going to preach tonight? And he says, I'm not even going to preach tonight because the faith is so high in here, we're just going to start praying for people. And I said, well, whatever praying for people looks like, because I don't know, you know. And all of a sudden, there's about 12 or 15 guys on the, on the stage. They get off, and they start laying hands on people. I mean, the power of God's just hitting people instantly, going in the floor. And I'm like, well, you know, I want Steve Hill to pray for me. And so I try to press in around Steve Hill, and there's probably 200 people around Steve Hill. There's no way you're getting to Steve Hill. And so I kind of step back, and I'm like, all right, Lord, whoever you want to pray for me, you know, I'm whoever. No sooner have I said that, I turn to look, and all I see is a hand, like, right here. And that's, that's, that's next thing I'm, I'm out on the floor, okay? And it's like somebody dropped a weight on me and of, like, um, almost like a warm oil-type feeling all over my body. Couldn't get up. Didn't really want to get up. Lay there all night. I don't know how long I laid there. My friends had to come get me, pick me up, take me out to the car, put me in the car, take me to the hotel room, put me in my bed. And I'm laying there, and I got one of my friends. He's in the other bed across from me, and I'm real quiet because I'm just, man, God's presence is just all on me, right? And uh, he's looking at me, and I'm like, what is it? He's like, you all right? <laughs> and I said, yeah. He said, he told me later he thought I was kind of discouraged or something. He said, well, can I pray for you? I said, man, I don't care if you pray for me. So he comes over, lays hands on me, and he starts shaking. And he runs and jumps back in his bed. I'm like, what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> He's like, it's starting to get off on me. I'm like. <laughs> so anyway, I went to bed that night. I wake up the next morning, it's still all on me. Now, I didn't, I didn't pray in the Spirit, but God endued me with his power to preach the good news of the gospel. So we stayed down there. It was Thursday night. We stayed down there on Friday night. We came back Saturday. And as soon as I get back to Olive Branch, it's like God threw me out into spiritual warfare, okay? Now, I had to grow up real fast, and I didn't have anybody who was doing that that I knew of, okay? So it was me, Holy Spirit, and, and, and the Bible, whatever God's Word said. And so I began to do deliverance sessions with people, see people set free. A few weeks later... I'm asking God to be able to pray in the Spirit, okay? And I keep looking for it up here, right? This old mind will get in the way a lot of times, right? So what happened is, God said, you just open your mouth and speak it by faith. And so I opened my mouth and spoke it by faith, and there it is, right? There's nothing I'm making up up here. It all comes from your Spirit within you. Now, God gives you, the main reason you get the Holy Spirit is not for a feel-good. It's not to lay on the carpet and get up and be the same way that when you went down. But it's to go out and be a light for Jesus. And so he gives us the boldness to go out and present the gospel to people. And it's not about standing up on a street corner, yelling at people, telling them they're all going to hell, okay? It's about loving on people, reaching out in compassion and mercy, and meeting needs where they have needs. Um, You're preaching the end of my message. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> so I do pest and termite, okay? So most days, God will bring me in contact with somebody, whether it's healing or freedom or whatever. This past Tuesday, last Tuesday, I had a lady. Um, I went to their house, and she was telling me about her grandson who had fallen. Messed his elbow all up. That just broke his elbow, tore ligaments from his elbow. 
And uh, I'm just talking to her. He's not there. I was like, well, let's just pray for him real quick. And so she's like, okay. And uh, so me and her husband, we start praying, and I just start speaking healing and whatever else to the guy. And so she calls me this week, and she says, he was supposed to have surgery this past Friday. They end up doing an MRI, everything in his elbow, the ligaments, everything's attached. There's no broke bone. They're not even going to have to do surgery. And she says, if God answers prayers like that, shouldn't we be praying more? <laughs> and I said, absolutely. But it's about being out there and just being a vessel. But the Holy Spirit, one of my favorite scriptures, which all of them are, but one of my favorite of my favorites is Luke 11, right? <laughs> Ask, seeking, and knocking, right? And he will give you the Holy Spirit, right? That's right. You're baptized into the body of Christ when you believe by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. John said that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Out of my Baptist background, I had to get that out of here, right? Because I thought once you were saved, you had it, you got it. There's more. Mm -hmm. Why else would Jesus say, ask, seek, and knock, and you'll get it? So if you need it today, ask, seek, and knock, and you'll get it. Amen. Thank you. Amen. All right. Number three. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so I was listening to Bob Yandian, and he said that some people are, he said that people think you're supposed to pray in the Spirit all the time, but that actually isn't true. The only time you're supposed to pray is if you don't know what to pray, and that it's important to pray using God's Word because it's so alive and powerful. I've never heard it that way. It was under the impression of my whole life that I'm supposed to pray in the Spirit every day as much as I can because you're praying the perfect prayers of God over your life. And what extent do you agree or disagree? agree with that. I'll, I'll say I actually read um, Bob Yandian's book um, when I was preparing for a Sunday school class on prayer. And um, he, I remember when reading a statement similar to that, my radar kind of went up and went like, what? Um, because it was worded a little different than I had ever, um, well, been taught. And so I really looked into it. And um, here would be my response to that. Um, I think, number one, when we know what the answer is to a situation, we need to pray God's word and God's answer by faith to that situation. Um, I think, number one, it is important that we speak the word of God and pray the word of God to our circumstances and our situations. However, along with that, I do believe that Scripture tells us that we should be praying in the Spirit and that that can be at all times. And that, that um, there's several reasons why we do that. One is um, for the Lord to give us wisdom and direction um, in His Word or made known to us by the Holy Spirit where it's not written specifically in the Word of God um, to give us the answer that we're seeking out. Um, also, we see in Scripture that praying in the Spirit builds up our faith. And so, um, has anybody ever kind of feel defeated <laughs> you know, and sometimes we just need to pray in the Spirit to build ourselves up so that then we can get in His Word and we can apply His Word to a situation. And so I would say um, if we know what the answer is, pray the Word, speak the Word to that situation, but it's also very beneficial um, to pray in the Spirit, especially when we don't know what to do or when we need to just be encouraged. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I love Bob Indian, but I do disagree with him here, and uh, part of it was um, going on that uh, people were this. There was uh, a lot of extreme going on that uh, people were not praying in English anymore, and um, it, it wasn't right. 
and we need to pray in with the understanding and in the spirit. But the Bible does say, he that prays uh, in tongues edifies himself, which builds up. And then Jude 20, it talks about beloved, uh, praying in the Holy Spirit, building yourselves up, keeps yourself in the love of God. So if there's anything that will keep me in the love of God, I'm going to be praying it and builds me up. So praying in the Spirit um, should be something you're doing, you know, as much as you can. When I'm, and yep. you can get in the habit. When I read the Word, I'm praying in the Spirit while I read the Word. It's just become a habit of, of the years. So, and you can do it driving to work or, or whatever. And uh, it's beneficial. Yeah. It's a blessing. It's good. Uh, another question. Did Jesus speak in other tongues? Uh, we see nothing in Scripture that indicates that Jesus ever did. Um, we can't say a thousand percent that he didn't, but we know that the Holy Spirit wasn't manifest to the rest of the world, to the rest of the believers yet. Uh, so there would have been real, no real need for him to talk about it. Uh, another thing I would mention in that is that um, the Holy Spirit uses us to pray the perfect prayer. Uh, let me tell you, Jesus prayed the perfect prayers. I don't believe that he needed a prayer language. Um, so, um, so, so. <laughs> so, um, so I would say, no, there's no evidence that Jesus did, but you know, we can't definitively say that it never happened. Y'all got anything yeah, to add I mean, to that? And Jesus had perfect communication with the father. So, um, he always prayed the right thing. He, in the right he, moment. Yeah. He didn't miss it in prayer. Yeah. So you want to share your testimony oh, yeah, uh, briefly uh, yes. on <laughs> Br briefly, briefly. Did I hear briefly? <laughs> Thank you, Ellen Kay. No, yeah, Ellen uh, Kay was up here. He doesn't know what that means. <laughs> briefly, um, I'll just say that there was a lot of stuff against uh, me um, pursuing being baptized in the Holy Spirit because of what I was the way I was brought up. And um, when uh, Ellen got me going to the Baptist church, I thought the Baptist church was wild. With all and the music. for those of you that don't know, he came out of a Church of Christ background. Yeah, you know, well, no instruments well in the it. church. Church of Christ, and no music or anything like that. And um, they kind of forced me out of the church because I could not marry Ellen uh, in Church of Christ. So, well, okay. Because I'd been uh, divorced, and I didn't, I didn't know that was on parmal sin. <laughs> Thank God there's life after, but anyway. So, um, so I was seeking, and most of you heard my testimony, how the Lord spoke to me. I actually forgave my ex and uh, when I did that, the Lord said, hey, Bob. And it was the audible voice of God, and that changed everything for me because I started, you mean God still speaks? God, he, he will speak to you. And I found out about these people, uh, a friend of mine at work who was spirit-filled, turned out, and he would talk about people that the Lord spoke to him, and he gave me this book, Like a Mighty Wind, Mel Tyree. 
and uh, the the Lord spoke to them, and they crossed over uh, a roaring uh, river. Um, the Lord split it for them, and they walked across. Tremendous book. It's, I don't know if it's still in print. But anyway, uh, they talked about this baptism in the Holy Spirit. So I went um, to Full Gospel, a businessman there to get, everybody heard of that. I don't know, I went there to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, just when I was ready, I felt the, the presence of God a little bit. They said, they they stopped it and said, you can you can pray in spirit anytime. That I guess I had said one word or something. I don't know. They just stopped everything and uh, here's the thing. I was looking for experience. I'd read this book where uh, a, the sun came down to this guy, lightning bolts. I mean, he just had experience of God. I was looking for that, and uh, uh, I wasn't finding it. I went to uh, another church, and I went in, and it was um, the, the preacher ran out of the church, during it, he was gone about 15 minutes. Um, he comes, I thought church was over. It was in a theater. I thought, you know, the the entertainment was over, whatever. And uh, when they met me and they said, pray for your neighbor, my neighbor prayed just in the spirit, didn't say hello or anything. I didn't know him, and they just prayed in the spirit the whole time. And I thought they were a foreigner. I, I just, uh, to me, it was just so weird. And um, so, uh, when I left, uh, I saw a guy, and he's shaking his head. He said, "Don't let this uh, uh, affect you the way it went tonight." And I, I never went back. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm then praying, and. Uh, Ellen and I are watching PTL. How many remember PTL? They talked about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I'm, I'm praying, and I look in this thing that had numbers in it. It's called a phone book. <laughs> and I opened it up, and this church jumped off the page to me. And I told Ellen, I'm going to that church. So she goes, I'm not. I'm staying home. I said, fine, I'm, I'm going. Spying the land. So I go, and uh, the guy that I saw at, at PTL was, was there. He had just come from PTL, was there. And so I felt, hmm, some kind of connection there. Anyway, he finishes, and uh, I went down front. They break the service, everything. They're not praying for anyone or anything. I go down, I told Pastor, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he said, uh, can you come back tomorrow? I said, no. I said, yeah, I'm ready. Now, by this time, I had put so much scripture in me. I, you know, I was, I was seeing the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the table of contents. I mean, I was just, uh, you know, Lord, I'm going to speak in tongues whether, you know, you want me to or not. I mean, it's just, it was. It was crazy, some of my thinking. But I'd learned some things like uh, Robert was talking about by faith, speaking speaking for. So uh, finally talked him into it. They took me in the back room. A group of them are over in the corner. He had like five or six men over there. Getting and, ready to pray for you, right? And they're getting ready to pray yeah. for me. I'm just sitting there by myself. 
watching them, and I realize now they were getting revved up. They were just revving themselves up for this tough, tough case, you know, about to have. And then they come over, and they start to pray for me. And, uh, I mean, it was... It was something else. Some are going, you know, let it go. They were binding. They were loosing. It was all this going on. And, and, and finally, I had them stop, you know, and said, oh, they died down just a minute. Stop. Time out. And I said, I started praying in spirit from the first second. Did I feel it? I didn't feel a thing. I'm just saying, I've got it by faith. Nothing. I got it later. I mean, Ellen was the same way. She didn't feel anything, and she went to work. And she had a, a quiet time there being a nurse and just started speaking. But what was funny, I heard her in her dreams speaking in tongues before, huh. before that. But that's enough. Good. So you didn't feel anything? I didn't Nothing. feel in, anything. No falling it out was, on the floor? It was all, all by faith yeah. and trusting what God says where okay. it was true. All right. So number five, what is the difference between the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit and God's omnipresence? Um, I think it's a good question. So um, God's omnipresence, um, we know that God is everywhere all the time, right? I believe that if God's presence left the earth in this moment, every atheist would know in this moment that his presence was gone. Everybody would know that his presence was gone. His presence is always here. So he is omniscient. He's everywhere, in every place, at the same time, all the time. I'm, I'll just share quickly. I was in there in session one time where the Lord uh, allowed me to feel lost for a few moments. I have never, um, it's like he just pulled his presence, and I just was bawling. I mean, there, there's people running over. They thought I was having a heart attack, or I, I don't know what they thought. I'm just bawling. I could not take it. Uh, we take for granted his omnipresence. Right. I mean, he's, he's, he's here, and um, that lost fan's presence, so his manifest presence, his presence is here, his glory uh, everywhere all the time. So we talk about um, the manifest presence, as we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit and, um, and the Holy Spirit manifesting God's glory through a person, right? In, into, the physical, into the physical realm. Uh, this week I was reading a book and they defined um, what we're talking about here. It says there are two types of God's presence, his omnipresence, that is his essence, God's always everywhere in his manifest presence that is his person, his glory, tangibly filling a room in a way that can be sensed or felt or experienced and possibly even seen. And so when we're talking about the omnipresence, we know that God is everywhere at all times. But how many of you know that there's also moments when you can see or feel? Sometimes, like in the Old Testament, we see it represented by what? Sometimes by fire and by cloud, right? Um, and so we even see a New Testament at times where there's his manifest presence um, in a place or in your quiet time or in a service where you just can't deny that it, it looks a little bit different. Yep. Okay. Uh, next question. What is the anointing? What is the glory of God? What does it mean to be in the glory or in, under the anointing of God? 
the the anointing means to smear in, to to rub in, and uh, that's the definition of what, what it means. But it's the, it's the power of God, it's the the Holy Spirit flowing uh, tangibly through you, and uh, the anointing is, is something that is resident according to Scripture on the inside of every believer. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's there. Uh, the glory of God is that manifested uh, presence of God, that waitingness uh, when he shows up. It's just like uh, we know he's at the bar down the street, but how many know he's different in this place right now than there? there? Why? Because we're seeking him. We're in agreement with him. So that brings his manifested presence or his glory and the bible says that jesus was raised by the glory of god and it says that jesus was raised by the holy spirit so the glory of the lord is the holy spirit at work flowing and moving through his children through his believers through his sons and his daughters so the anointing is available for every believer and we have the we have the omnipresent, but you know, at any time you can tap into the manifested right. presence. And the believer could be down at the, at the bar, and I don't recommend it unless God tells you to, <laughs> can be down there and tap into the manifested presence of God. Right. And the anointing can flow anywhere, anytime. Right. So I like Love that. I hadn't it. thought of that. That's a good example. The difference between, yes, God's presence is in the bar down the road, but it's, it's also here. So the fact that we can tap into it any time, man, that makes me think of a number of things. Um, for instance, you know, um, y'all remember when we were at two services and we'd cut service back to about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And that was tough for some folks. So they'd say, we're not giving any room for the Holy Spirit. Well, the first question is, how much room for the Holy Spirit do we need? We have always have access to tap into the Holy Spirit. Some people would say an hour and a half is enough. Some people would say two hours. Some would say three. Some people would think you're supposed to have meetings that never end. Guys, we're able, the funny thing is, a lot of people that talk about these things, that say these things, aren't tapping in to the manifest presence of God in their own personal life. You can have your small group, and that small group could be just about worship and prayer, and where all you do is tap into the manifest presence of God. Tonight, if you come to the night of worship, you will see the manifest presence of God in this place tonight. Sometimes you will see the manifest presence of God on Sunday morning. We do focus more on the Word. We worship the Lord, prepare to receive from His Word in preparation, but we're also in no way going to stop the Holy Spirit from speaking in the Sunday morning service. But I think it's a great point that it's always within you. You can tap into it anytime, anywhere. I had a, man, we don't have time. Gosh. Um, I was a student at Christ for the Nations. There were different revivals that were going through Dallas during that time. So that's when Brownsville was going on. That's when Toronto and all these different revivals were going on. And there were people who were from students who were flocking to all these different meetings. And man, I just didn't have time. I was working like crazy and, and student and everything else. And I, I had a they, couple of them that he started actually speaking against the school and saying the school's not moving in the new move of the Holy Spirit today. And they started saying, you need to leave the school and you need to come with us to these meetings. And I, I said, I just can't. I've got to go to work. I've got to, you know. And, and one of the guys, one of my next door neighbor in the dorm next to me said, oh, it's, it's just not important to you to be in the presence of the Lord. 
And I looked at him and I said, brother, I can be in the presence of the Lord sitting on my commode. <laughs> that, I, I, I was a college student, what can I say? <laughs> I, I can tap into it anytime, anywhere. I don't have to go to one specific meeting. I did end up going to one of them, and it was one of those weird ones. Uh, I, I went in for just a little while, and they were barking like dogs and clucking like chickens all over the place. And I was like, this isn't for me. I don't see. Yeah, and I, I left. <laughs> but anyway, the manifest presence of God, the anointing, the glory of God. Hopefully you guys get that. Um, which leads, uh, we, we got to move fast, but I want to tie into that. Because of the anointing, the presence, and the glory of God that we experience sometimes when we do tap into his presence, that's why sometimes some of the things the world looks at and sees as weird in the church, that's why sometimes it's out. Well, it sounds like the Holy Spirit made answer is it is being slain in the spirit biblical. Does the Holy Spirit make you fall out? Well, it sounds like the Holy Spirit made you fall out, Robert. <laughs> Um, but there are examples biblically where people fell under the presence of the Lord. One of the primary ones that people remember is, it's only one of the gospels, is it Luke, where Jesus, um, where they come to arrest him in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he says, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, and he invoked the name of God, actually. He said, I am. He said, I am he. And it says that they all fell, uh, fell out in the presence of God right there. Everybody who came to arrest him, they fell to the ground. Look it up. It's there. And uh, there's another example that was, a man, yeah. He had the manifest glory. Right in front of him. <laughs> coming to take Jesus away. That should have been a cue for somebody, you know. And then why they got we, back up and arrested him. we all him. fall? Yeah. Or especially guy got his ear cut off and, and gets put healed. back on. I'm sure he was going, I don't know about this. I'm not so much into resting Jesus anymore. I, don't, I just have this. There's one more example, I think, in Scripture. Of in Revelation, you were talking about chapter 1, verse 17. Right here it says, it says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. And, and, and uh, Saul, when Saul had the Damascus road, yeah. fell off said the they all fell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They all fell. So the answer that real briefly so we can move on, I was just going to say that sometimes when you're in the presence of the Lord, um, you may have been in the presence of the Lord before really seeking him, and you may have felt yourself actually begin to shake. And for me, I know it usually happens inside first, and, and some people will actually shake in the presence of the Lord. Um, somebody, some people may, you know, lay on the floor, whatever it may be. There's different manifest things um, that may happen that people don't necessarily understand that aren't experiencing. What'd you say? Might cry, you might weep. Yeah, might, absolutely. Might be quiet. You know, it's, it's not a, a rare thing for uh, the physical body to react mm-hmm. to, the to the presence of God. Yep. So, um, you ready? <laughs> yes, she is. Come on, Miss Brenda. <laughs> you like to take your mic, Dad. I love this lady right here. How many of y'all love Miss Brenda? You are the best. 
hang on to that for a second. So I, I'll just I'll just start. Miss um, Brenda was one. I remember when she started coming to our church, and she started understanding the revelation of some of these things. And and I brought I asked her if she would speak because I remembered her being in class 201. I think she was the only one that day with Sean and I. And we did class 201, and we talked about we're talking about what we believed, and we talked about uh, living the spirit-filled life. And she began to cry and said that she had been praying and asking to receive the Holy Spirit and hadn't gotten it. And this had been going on for quite some time. And she'd been trying and trying and trying. And I remember in that moment telling her, this isn't something you're supposed to work for or work for. This is something where you relax and receive. It's a free gift from God. And so why don't you tell us briefly, and I know you prefer briefly. Yes, I do. I'm going to stay right here with my arm around you. And you can kind of tell us what happened. Forgive me. I'm nervous. Okay. Um, Prior to uh, that, I think Pastor Bob had had uh, that one particular Sunday, and he was asking people who wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, he took me and some more into the prayer room, and he and I think Barbara and uh, Pastor Trish prayed over us. And I remember... Pastor Tripp speaking over me in the spirit, and I remember repeating. So I said, okay, I got it. So when I got home and tried it, I couldn't do it. And I Pray just, in your prayer language. Yeah, praying yeah. in my prayer language, and I, and I tried and I tried, and, I, and uh, I just prayed, and I just asked, I said, Lord, what am I doing wrong? I said, it's no, I know it's not you. Mm-hmm. I know it's me. Show me what I'm doing wrong. And I'm going like to be very brief. Um, I was laying in bed and I was praying and I could feel myself standing up. But even though I was laying in the bed, I could feel myself rising up and I was standing on the floor, but the floor was clear as though I was standing on nothing, but I knew I was standing on like glass and it was clear and I was looking down and I could see all kind of bright colors just swirling around, just swirling and swirling and some of them was, was... mingling, forming new colors, and others was bumping into each other. And, but right where I was standing, oh, first of all, let me tell you, I wasn't afraid. It's just I was just standing there, and then right where I was standing, all of a sudden it just cleared, and it was a perfect circle of blue. It was the, the hue was a perfect shade of blue. And I just looked at it, and then I could feel myself laying back down. And after I laid down, it, it, it was though it, it would came to me and that whatever was going around was was interfering with what I was trying to achieve and that I needed to get that perfect clarity, that perfect shade of blue or peace or whatever you want to call it in order for me to attain what I got. So I said, okay, you know, I was was good with that. So that rocked on for a while. And the night that I did receive my prayer language, it was so weird. I had, it was a long day for me. I got home about 8 o'clock. I had to feed my dog. I had to feed me. And then naturally after that, I had to, uh, you know, read my Bible and pray and all that. And I was on a regimen. You know, I got to do it this time and this time. So by 9 o'clock, I'm ready to go home. Go, I mean, go to bed and go to sleep. But like I said, I was running behind. And I didn't eat. And so I kept saying, I said, okay, wait a minute. I said, now, if I eat, I'm going to get sleepy, and I won't be able to pray. So I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to stop, you know, I'm read my Bible and everything. But the longer I went without food, the sicker I started to get. And I got to the point I started getting really severe chest pains. And I said, well, look, 
I gotta stop. I said, I just, I just gotta lay down. I just gotta lay down, lay down on the bed. And I just, I, I just prayed. That's the Lord. Take this pain out of my chest. Just, just take the pain out of my chest so I will be able to just read my Bible. Oh, that's all I wanna do is to read my Bible. So I was laying in the bed and I could feel the pain being pulled out of my chest as though someone was pulling a thin thread, just pulling, pulling. Mm. And when it come to the end, I took in a real deep breath and I realized that the pain was gone. And I was just so overcome mm. with the fact that he answered my prayer so quickly. All I could do was just thank him. I just thanked him, and then all of a sudden, I opened my mouth, and I started <laughs> speaking in the spirit. <laughs> and I went, Lord, I'm speaking in the spirit. <laughs> and I just, I'm going to just say it, I just got out of bed. I just started running up and down the hall, just, just said, Lord, I can speak in the spirit. I can speak in the spirit. Sometimes it, it's good that you live by yourself, because I'm, I'm thinking that it's... <laughs> Good. And so I, I just finally, I just stopped. I said, Ooh. I said, Lord, I'm, I, I'm supposed to be reading my Bible. But after that, <laughs> but after that, I didn't start just speaking right then. But after that, it was just like it was just much easier yeah. for me to do it. And I realized the Holy Spirit just showed me that I was getting in my own way from mm -hmm. receiving what is already my, what I wanted. I've asked for it, but I was blocking my own way. And I just was encouraged to share. Thank you. And so I'm through. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap up. Let's see. Um, number eight, what does it mean to quench the spirit? You got anything to throw in there? I think distraction, disobedience from anything the Holy Spirit wants, whatever it may be, um, in a moment. You know, that can be so many different things, obviously sin, but I know a personal example has been times when I felt like the Lord or the Holy Spirit is wanting me to obey him by doing something, like pray for somebody, and I dismiss it. Like, oh, no, that, I, I'm afraid, what if they don't accept it? Um, that's probably a different example than what you were thinking, but I think we do quench the Spirit from moving sometimes, and we just don't obey when the Holy Spirit's speaking to us. Do you have anything else in that? No? No. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll give this example real quick. I remember I was, I was living in Dallas. I was probably 20 years old, and I went with some buddies to go see a movie one night. And um, I was sitting in this movie, and it was blasphemous toward God. As I was getting on into this movie, this movie and, and, it, and I, I felt like I should get up and walk out of this. It, it was really bothering me. The Holy Spirit was grieved within me. And, um, and I left and I, I felt terrible and, and I went back to my apartment and I laid down on the bed and I dreamed and I had this dream and I saw, because the Holy Spirit is with me, I saw the Holy Spirit. It's like I had chained him up with me as we're watching this thing that's blasphemous. And the Spirit was grieved. The Spirit in my life was quenched. And I repented of that and said, Lord, I'm sorry, I will not do that again. And, and so you can grieve the spirit 
and quenching the Spirit, it, it's, it's kind of a similar thing, I would say. But uh, when the Holy Spirit is in you, yeah, like she said, it can be sin, um, you know, uh, distraction, whatever it may be. Um, number nine, goodness, uh, what do I say to someone when I pray for them and they don't receive their healing? That's a big one that, that, uh, that needs to be talked about because it brings a lot of discouragement. Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, I talked about a couple weeks ago about how the they will recover part, that's not your job. Frankly, it's not even really your business. You're told to be obedient to God and, and lay hands on the sick. Uh, the rest of it is God's part. And, you know, so that's the first thing I would say is regardless of whether you see a physical manifestation of your prayer answered in that moment or not, uh, that should, we should get grounded to the place where that's not a discouragement. Um, but, you know, what do we say to people when they don't receive their healing, you know, in a certain moment? Uh, there can be any number of reasons why they don't. Um, you know, I wouldn't start telling them. Uh, yeah, remember when the disciples asked Jesus, you know, why is this man blind? Is it because of their sin or their parents' sin? And he said, it's not sin. So a lot of people will say that. Oh, they, must, they must have some sin in their life or whatever it may be. It may not. Uh, there could be any number of reasons. But we've got to trust God. We've got to encourage them to continue to trust God as their healer and to stand on what his word says. You guys have? Uh, I would say... Uh, trust the Word of God, stand on, on the Word. One of the definitions, uh, I think there's like five uh, words for healing. I'm trying to remember. Uh, five Greek words for healing, and one of them uh, means process. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there is uh, anointing God that processes you through healing. So sometimes, I, I mean, I like the instant, and I want the instant, but there is the process. But you can stop that process if you give up and quit any time within it. Because I believe the Word is working. So keep the process going and uh, encourage them and, and tell them they're not the only one this has happened to and just stand, stand with them. Because it's, uh, it says they shall recover that speaks that there's a period of time right mm-hmm. there. That's speaking that's, that's a period of time before that's manifested. So uh, stick with the word. Don't quit. Yeah. And I will say this too. Um, sometimes fear-filled believers don't want to hear it, but God can bring healing to your life through a doctor, through medicine, modern medicine. Absolutely. And so when you know, we're believing for healing, allow God to bring it you know, and in whatever way it may come. Allow for process, allow for time. Um, number 10, uh, what are some of the symbols and words used in the Bible to refer to the Holy Spirit? Many times the Holy Spirit is referred to sometimes as a dove, sometimes it's oil, fire, wind, breath, water, rain, river, dew, wine, wells. These things in the Bible can all refer to the Holy Spirit. You'll find it, him referred to um, using those words. Um, Actually, I was going to share testimony. I'll just say real quick that, um, guys, I was saved as a little kid. I, I saved. I, I've always been saved. I don't know. Um, I, was, I, was, I was born in the middle of his process as he was going through all this stuff. Um, uh, and, but I remember when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, he very quickly led me in it as well. And I told him the other day, I said, I actually remember the moment. I remember exactly where it was. And I was, I was a pretty young kid at the time. And, uh, and I do remember that. But I, I don't want to spend any time on that at the moment. We have one more question that I wanted to answer. Once I'm filled with the Spirit, will the Spirit ever leave me? 
No. Number one, the Holy Spirit is with you and he's the seal of your salvation. Two, once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, you can step away from it. You can stop being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You can quit listening to his voice. You can stop exercising the gifts and become distant from it. But you can also come back. And actually, we see a few examples in Scripture where people are actually come to be refilled. They're not rebaptized. They just get back into God's presence to get built back up, like we were talking about. And that's important that we do because sometimes we give out and give out and give out until we're empty. We need to, like we see Jesus do, he continually was getting away and getting into God's presence and getting filled up with the presence of God. So once you're baptized the Holy Spirit, now I don't believe that, I mean, you, you were baptized. You don't get unbaptized. Um, however, you need to be continually filled um, and filled up and, and charged, built up in the Spirit. I have, I have a verse for you, John fourteen sixteen. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Forever. When you go to heaven, the Holy Spirit's going with you inside of you. Because you're his temple, his tabernacle forever. Mm, that's good. All right. Um, and guys, that's the last question. And we're going to conclude. Guys, I wanted to say a few things as we do end. And I, I'm sorry, I know we're a bit over, but we are going to open up the altars. As a matter of fact, um, why don't you give them a hand if y'all want to go ahead and have a seat. Let me get the prayer partners to go ahead and come up. And... Guys, we do want to give the opportunity for, um, if you do want prayer, if you're ready to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, we want to give that opportunity. We want to give it now. I would encourage you, come back tonight and get filled up. Tonight will be powerful as we worship the Lord together. You will experience the manifest presence of the Lord. You will, I almost guarantee you, you will feel the presence of the Lord tonight and you will experience his manifest presence. So I encourage you to come tonight. But in conclusion, ending part five of ghost stories. Guys, God desires that you be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them. He gave them the great commission. He commanded them to go and be his witnesses in the earth. But he said, but wait until you receive the power that the Father promised, which we showed in Scripture, was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He said that they would be endued with power. So, you know, in the Spirit-filled church, I, I talked about this last week, the gifts weren't given to us to be used within four walls. The infilling of the Holy Spirit, guys, it's really not about us. The Spirit, human beings, we like to make things about us. And sometimes the Spirit-filled church, we've made the gifts of the Spirit, we've made the flow of the Holy Spirit about us. Guys, it's not. It's empowerment from God to truly be his witnesses in the earth. It's empowerment. So we should all desire that. It's hard to be his witnesses without the, the empowerment that he gave us for that. I would stress again, as I've said the other weeks, don't be afraid. There's nothing in God's word to be afraid of. When God's about, I was thinking this this morning, when God's about to do something great in somebody's life and we see in the Bible, many times he would send a messenger and the first thing they would say is, do not fear. 
We don't have to fear the word of the Lord in our lives. And that's what God's word is. That's what the Bible is. It is the God's word in our lives, being spoken into our life. It's alive and it's active. So we don't have any reason to fear. He has a great work for you. And you need that empowerment from on high. So be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need them. And if you remember back in January, I told you about the, 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 the three-tiered focus of Church of the Harvest that we were going to pursue, being community. What was the second one? Discipleship. And the third one? Outreach. I need to say this every week. Community, discipleship, and outreach. Guys, allow God to use you. Allow the Holy Spirit to use you to minister to the believers around you, but allow him to use you to minister to everybody around you in your sphere of influence in this life, whether it be at work or be friends or family or grocery store parking lot, or maybe you come upon a well and you find a woman like Jesus did. Allow the Holy Spirit to use you to be a blessing and empower you to bring, allow, to allow the Holy Spirit to draw them to him. Amen. Allow him to continue your discipleship pro process. Yes, discipleship by the Holy Spirit, by encouraging you, convicting you of, of, of your sin, uh, reminding you of God's word, speaking to you, leading you and guiding you. And lastly, outreach. Don't keep it to yourself. Truly surrender. The Holy Spirit will use you to draw people back to him. So let's all stand as we as we close, let's all stand and bow our heads. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close out right quick here. Every head bowed. Every head bowed. First and foremost, guys, a prerequisite to everything is receiving Jesus. Surrendering your life, repenting of your sin and surrendering to him. Guys, we're not going to pray together right now. You know what? This is between you and God. But you know right now if you need to surrender your life to Jesus. You know if you need to turn from your sin and quit living your life for yourself. And I encourage you right now, right where you're at, just begin to pray and just begin to say, Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you for making him that spotless lamb, the sacrifice that covered my sin and my life. I receive it now. I turn from my sin. And Jesus, I receive you. I receive you as the one who took my judgment. Just begin to tell him. Say, Jesus, you're now Lord of my life. I'll follow you to the end. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. And if you do that, the Bible says that you're saved. And this morning, if you need to be saved, maybe you just kind of prayed that to yourself or maybe you want to, I'm going to ask you to come down to one of these folks on the side and let them talk to you and let them pray with you and give you a little insight and direction. Guys, I want you to be here tonight for the night of worship. But if you're ready now and you want to be endued with the power from on high and you're ready to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you as we conclude here in just a moment to boldly make your way down and let somebody pray for you. Let them lead you in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't wait another moment. But come back tonight because we're going to press in and you're going to see the Holy Spirit do something powerful. Amen? If that's you, actually, let me just pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this series. Holy Spirit, we are thankful for you in our lives. You are the empowerment. You are the peace. You're the one who makes us able to go forth and obey and be that light in the world. So we thank you 
for what you do in us and what you do through us. We trust you, Father, and we surrender to you. And we say, have your way in us, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you for the work that you're doing in them. Those that have questions, I pray, Lord, they would continue to seek you, that you wouldn't allow this word to escape from their heart that they've heard the last few weeks, but it would continue to beat within them. And Lord, that you would lead them to the right people at the right time, lead them to your word, lead them to the right teachings so that they can get to exactly the place where you want them to be. Holy Spirit, do your work and draw every person down to these altars that need to come as we dismiss. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 690-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277